Matthew 11, verses 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A nice short scripture for us today to, uh, to bite off in Matthew chapter 11 there, uh, just five or six verses from 25 to 30. And, and I want to focus in even more, actually, if I can, to that verse near the end there, verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We often use that as a call to worship here to begin our services at New City. Uh, one of Scripture's beautiful invitations to come, uh, like the other call to worship we use today from Isaiah 55. Come, the Scriptures do say. Today, and, and especially as we, we saw a new New City congregation come together up in Eglinton, and, and, and whatever new change and new community shape happens here too, I thought it might be good for, for our whole church family to study this short scripture as, as our sermon text today. Because whether we meet with one another here or, or there or, or somewhere else for that matter, we meet here for this reason. This is, this is more or less what we're here for, isn't it? it? It's to come to Jesus and so as to find rest for our souls. As he goes on to say in verse 29, this is the why of the whole idea of church, isn't it? This is what Jesus is doing in, in building a church, calling people to himself so that he can give them rest. It's very beautiful, isn't it? That verse and that whole idea. Come to me, says Jesus, and I will give you rest for your souls. But it also brings with it uh, something bitter as it slowly seeks in uh, because of what it presupposes of, of you and I as we can. Because what that call presupposes of you and I is that you and I otherwise don't have rest in our souls. Jesus implies here that we are restless in our souls, doesn't he? We are burdened. Somehow we are, we are weighed down with something. We are worked to the bone somehow and still without feeling this, this rest he speaks of here, some kind of peace or, or contentment in our souls. I mean, his call here would not sound so sweet and inviting as it does if, if we were not first somehow bitter and missing out. And perhaps the more restless and run down we are to begin with, the more inviting and peaceful this call would sound. And on the other hand, if we already felt you know, whole and, and complete and perfectly okay in ourselves, then, then why would we even be interested in such a call? 
Something's missing in us. Out of joint is what's hiding under Jesus' call here. Come to me, he says, and I will give you rest for your souls. It also presupposes a lot about Jesus, this short scripture, namely that he is the one who can give us rest for our souls and that he alone can give it to us, really. So he doesn't say, you know, find someone like me is what you've got to do. Find someone like me or like Buddha or Confucius or, or Dagon or someone. That's what you need to do. Someone like that will get you on track and set you up with what you really need. No. He says, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. You need my yoke upon you. You need to learn from me is what you need because I am gentle and lowly. It's my yoke that will be easy for you. It's my burden that will be light. Over and against, it would seem, everyone else out there who will actually only burden you and weigh you down even more. Nor does he say we might notice, look, you'll have to go to my Father in heaven. He will give you rest for your soul. No, he says, come to me and I will give you rest He is one with the Father, as he says so clearly in other parts of Scripture. And he will take us to the Father, he also says. And such that we we see here in this Scripture that this whole concept, this whole end point, I guess, of the longing in our souls, it's within Jesus' domain, so to speak, to now give us. Scan back to the start of our text that that framed that sweet call in verse 25. Uh, It says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me. By my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Yes, we must come now unto Jesus. He has been entrusted with this giving of rest to our souls. Both of those presuppositions, by the way, you know, about us being restless and about Jesus being the one who can give us rest, both of those presuppositions behind his words here make for a rather radical gospel call. Because in one way, uh, our world at large would claim to have rest already. Uh, And our cultural pressures just sort of drive us all the time to to insist that, that actually we're doing okay. Oftentimes we, we can't present as anything less than whole to this world, broken in any kind of way. And yet, curiously, in another way, the world also would claim to be able to offer us rest elsewhere than in Jesus. 
actually in, in all kinds of things that are continually put in front of us to always be pursuing. I mean, it, it's marketing 101, isn't it? And it's religion 101 too. Something not feeling right? Try product X or, or, or ritual Y. And so what Jesus says here is, is radical on both sides because even when we, when we can concede some need in us for, for peace or, or wholeness in our life, our, our world has taught us and conditioned us very well that we dare not be so exclusive about how to be made whole as Jesus is here. Now, our world would tall poppy Jesus and cut him down for saying this here. Cancel this guy, please. Somebody cancel this guy. Or, or just, you know, try to drown him out with offering every other kind of rival call. But there is no place for a rival gospel to what Jesus says here. Again, verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. If we're adding all of what he says here up properly, then, then look, this is what Jesus says here. Everyone is broken and only he can make us well. And yet, here we are. Here we are. It's humbling, isn't it, to be sitting on this side of the call. To, to walk into Jesus' church is to concede that we are not well, that we are broken without him. Burdened, he says, laboured, exhausted, in need of rest of some kind we probably don't even understand. Deep in our souls, somehow we are in need of being made whole. But then to come like so into Jesus' church is to come just as Jesus calls. We're the ones, the laboured, the, the exhausted, the burdened, the restless. We're the ones to whom he calls. Isn't that uplifting? To, to contemplate, to walk into Jesus' church and be aware of our deep need is what it looks like to belong in his church. We are whom he calls, broken but having come to Jesus to be made whole. Kind of takes away a bit of the pretense around church, don't you think? Or at least it should do if we hear Jesus' words here right. We need to get under, underneath these words, though. We need to understand from Jesus here what, what lies behind our problem. In what way uh, are we laboured, as he says? Why are we so weighed down? What's the cause of this lack of rest that he's pointing out in our souls? Let's see a bit more context to this scripture by by winding back a little bit here and I think we can because in verse 25 when we read at that time we might well ask well at what time so I think we can cast a little bit back so if you have your scriptures open there on that page cast back to verse 20 to what immediately came before this verse 20 says 
Then Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Because they did not repent. The burden in our souls is the net result of sin. And Jesus' call is not just to come to him, you know, and have him deal with our back pain or or our mortgage or or our latest ATAR exam. He wants us to come to him and have our souls released from that invisible burden of sin. Our living out life outside of him and, and even contrary to him at times, that is sin and it is in all of us. And it isn't visible for us to see, but the net result of that sin is is that it secretly builds up and, and bogs down our hearts. It eats away in our souls where we were designed to be filled. And so Jesus wants us to repent. It runs right through this gospel, but there it is in verse 20. He wants us to repent. He wants people to turn from their sin. That's what that word repent means, and come to him. He goes on. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. Long ago, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes, but I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Deep down in our sub-engines, where we don't even know it half the time, we instinctively do know that this is true. We will stand before our God one day and we will give an account for our lives. And when we live independently of God and when when we do and say and think whatever we feel like doing and saying and thinking for our lives in defiance of God and what he has called us to do, that is sin. And we are building up a burden of sin in our hearts. And the whole world now is filled up with billions of people today now who just cannot put their finger on why they are so impossibly empty all the time. Why so exhausted? Why unable to find peace and and contentment? in their life, and no matter what product or ritual they might try. Come to me, says Jesus. Turn from your sin and and take my yoke upon you. Learn from me now and you will find rest for your souls. Casting back even further, right through chapter 11, if your Bibles are still on that page, this this all comes out of a long conversation about John the Baptist having been getting people ready to hear from Jesus and, and then Jesus coming and calling people just like this call we're looking at today. People everywhere have been wowed 
totally wowed by Jesus' miracles. That's what he means there by the mighty works that he did in those cities in verse 21 and 23. Everyone's been wowed, but most of the people haven't listened to his basic gospel call. They didn't listen to John on this, he says in verse 18, and now they won't listen to Jesus either, verse 19. And why? Why won't people listen to Jesus and to that basic gospel call? Well, because sin and repentance are are very ugly words, for one thing. But so too, because his gospel is a great humbler, I would say. People won't listen to this call, will they, until, until they do feel broken and crushed and weighed down and exhausted in, in a way that they know nothing else can take away. Not until they catch the restlessness in their souls that Jesus is speaking of here will they be able to see what he's calling out to hold out to them. But when they can concede their need for him, the rest of this gospel can suddenly sink in. Jesus can offer us rest from our soul's invisible burden because he has paid for the sin that created it all. Hear the gospel today if you haven't heard it before. Jesus died to receive the judgment that you and I should receive from God for our sin. He took that judgment that we deserve upon him. So that you and I, if if we repent and, and come under Jesus, you and I can go free. Our souls can be set free from that great hidden burden that we can't even see, but accruing all the time from all of our sin. We can be set free from that when we come to Jesus because in Jesus God has graciously dealt with our sin without having to carry out its judgment on you and I. Talk about our souls being set free and finding peace. Yes, Jesus can give us rest for our souls. Outside of Jesus and his sweet gospel call, that day of judgment still looms large for one and all. And in the deep places of your soul, you know that to be true. And that dread will quietly build up and weigh your soul down. Even though you may not be able to pinpoint it so cleanly as that, even though you may not even think about it consciously at all, that's what's going on all the time, deep down in every human soul. Without Jesus and his gospel, judgment for sin will still fall on you like it fell on the godless cities of old, like Tyre and Sidon and Sodom, as he draws out here. And so it's against that cold, hard reality of judgment that Jesus' call here comes so sweetly. If you but repent of your sin and come to him, and learn from him to walk in his way now, you will receive all of God's mercy and you will find rest for your soul. No need to pay any fines or fees or any of that. No need for any make-up time. Just, Just repent and trust in Jesus and you will be forgiven of God. Forgiven of God to a great release in the depths of your soul.
There's a very different directionality in Jesus' call here, by the way, to how the rest of the world is kind of wired on this. Because instinctively, you know, if people are aware that that burden in their souls is because of their sin against God, then instinctively they think this, that they need to make themselves right, uh, you know, through things like good works or or just getting the balance right a a bit better between their, their good and bad deeds, so to speak. If they can get themselves right, then they will find peace for their souls. And so off they set to work on that day after day. But the thing is, They never will find rest that way. Hence, Jesus' call. They'll never find rest that way because they never will get themselves right. Hence, Jesus' call. Come to me, he says, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The directionality of that call runs right the other way around to how our world otherwise thinks. Jesus's gospel says that you and I can't make ourselves right and that is why he therefore came and why he came to die to pay the penalty for our sin. If you and I could somehow make ourselves right with God then then that was a waste of Jesus's time. And a great dishonour and disgrace to him for no necessary cause. But we can't make ourselves right on this burden of our sin. And so Jesus came for this very reason. To make us right in God's eyes and set us free. So instead of, you know, make ourselves right and find our own way into rest, that's how the world would think. Well, the gospel of Jesus comes the other way around. It says, come to me, only I can give you rest. Which means we can just come to him. We can just come to him right now. We can just turn from our sin and he will receive us. He will release us from that burden of sin that's been building up in our hearts. Repent and Jesus will make us right with God. And which also means that the learning from Jesus part here uh, that he goes on to say, it can't be a way for us to, you know, try to get ourselves right in the hope of finding our own way into this peace. No, that would make this work all over again. And, And Jesus wouldn't be giving us anything. And we would still be stuck in the same hopeless predicament we were already in just like the rest of the world on this. No, Jesus will make our soul right. He will give us this rest. But to come to him like so will mean we also now want to learn from him. And we can step into that learning bit to walk with Jesus now. We can step into that as freed people. Do you get that? We can step into that as people already released from the judgment of our sin because he paid that part for us already. Rather, this this learning from Jesus bit now, this learning to walk with him, it catches how our hearts are just going to be changed on the matter of sin as we do step forward now with Jesus. We we won't want to keep walking the old way without Jesus. We'll want to have his yoke put over our necks so we can walk with him now, in his way now, which is 
actually just what repentance and, and coming to Jesus looks like. We want to walk his way. A yoke, by the way, was a piece of timber that he used to put across a pair of oxen, across their necks, you know, to keep them paired together so that they walked together uh, as one. And we should imagine that of our walk together with Jesus now if we have come to him right beside us, guiding us, teaching us new ways now if we have come to him. Take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If I can put all that in short form, I suppose, uh, to come to Jesus is to turn from our sin and receive rest for our souls. It's the forgiveness that he won for us at the cross that does that. No more will we come into judgment if we have come to Jesus. Where else could we find that? Where else could we find true rest like that in our souls? But when our hearts are set free, of course, we won't want to go back. We will want to walk now with Jesus. Perhaps I could leave you with a couple of things to reflect on, I suppose, as you, as you let Jesus' words here roll around in your heart through the week. At first, if you haven't experienced this rest for your soul that he's talking about here, then you need to come to Jesus. His call here is beautifully clear. If you have come to Jesus, but maybe don't feel like you have this rest that he's speaking of here, then, then I think ask yourself, a good question from this text. A am I sitting under Jesus now? Have I also taken on his yoke? Am I learning from him to walk his way now? If the answer to that is no, then you still haven't let go yet of some aspect of sin. Repent of that and come to Jesus. Be forgiven of that and now start learning from him. His call here is beautifully clear. And if the answer is yes, you know, that you've, you've found a posture of repentance in your life and you've started sitting under Jesus and, and yet still maybe you don't feel all of this rest of which he speaks, then be patient with this. Walk with him in this and trust him in this because you will find this rest. You will. His call here is beautifully clear. Let's pray over all this text, shall we? Heavenly Father, we always thank you for your word to us in Scripture. We thank you for, for this short text today and these simple but examining words here that come from Jesus. Uh, probably all of us, Father, are somewhere in the process of this or, or yet to even begin, perhaps, and, and maybe none of us are yet at the end of what Jesus opens up here. So, so help us, Father, to turn from sin in all of our lives and to come to him and, and to trust in him and, and to learn to walk now with him. Our Father, we thank you for what he did for us to take away our burden of sin. And now please clarify us and refine us and strengthen us to come more and more under him. 
and it's in that name of Jesus we do pray. Amen.